With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. E-S-N-Y. Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Next State of Mind podcast. Matt Castillo here, Chip Murphy, Danny Small. Um, in in an episode where we should be mostly focusing on uh, the biggest win of the season last night as the Knicks beat the Houston Rockets, of course, pure stupidity strikes again. And the headlines are not that the Knicks beat Houston. And, and instead, we're hearing drama with Spike Lee, security guards, Spike Lee's on ESPN first take, causing a bigger scene. Uh, and it just never seems to end because anytime something positive does happen, it's spoiled by something stupid. And here we go once again. Uh, you know, and honestly, guys, when I was watching the game, I didn't know what was going on. I seen something on Facebook, but you know how people post a lot of like fake crap on Facebook. So I was like, oh, that didn't happen. You know, there's no way. And then I, you know, typed in Spike Lee on Google just to see. And, of course, there was, like, a video on uh, Twitter. And, you know, there was stuff on Instagram on it as well. And I was like, oh, God, all right, here we go. And then I seen reporters were reporting the fact that he was at his regular seat. Everything looked fine. So I was like, oh, okay, you know, no, no big deal. And then turn into this morning, and it's a circus once again. Um, you know, and I'll start with you, Chip, here on, on the whole fiasco yesterday. Just your general thoughts behind uh, what happened with Spike Lee and now James Dolan and, and another incident that involved security and just a, a real mess when we really should be celebrating the fact that the Knicks played very well last night and beat a very good Houston basketball team. Yeah, I thought that was the most unfortunate thing out of all of it. R.J. Barrett played the best game of his young career. Frank Nielakina played the best game of his career. Mitch Robinson played great. Those three guys had an awesome game. We beat a championship contender. RJ outplayed James Harden. Frank locked down Russell Westbrook on the last play of the game, played amazing defense on him. And the the most loyal Knicks fan on planet Earth, Spike Lee, his first reaction after that huge win was, I'm going to go make this uh, night all about me and call the biggest loudmouth in all of sports media and get on his show, Stephen A. Smith. I, I mean, that's not a fan. Spike Lee's not a big fan of the Knicks. I'm sorry. He's not. And, uh, oh, I'm sorry. You're, uh, you couldn't get, you've been going to, through the same entrance or whatever. You couldn't, look, the Knicks handled it. Dolan, me and Danny were just saying to each other, Dolan definitely doled it up. He did. He right. Did, he did what he did. The Knicks didn't do anything wrong, but, and Spike, uh, didn't know the entrance policy. I guess that's what he was upset about, whatever. But Dolan and the Knicks releasing that stupid press thing 
where they showed the picture of Spike and him shaking hands. That was ridiculous. And saying, releasing all that stuff after Spike went on TV and insulted the team, that was dumb. But Spike going on TV right. in the first place and and just ripping the team to shreds, it's like, dude, really? Because you couldn't get to the – that was the straw that broke the camel's back because you couldn't get to the seat through the through your normal entrance? Okay, drama queen, really? And you put your hands behind – Yeah, he, he's seen, yeah. He, he seen an opportunity to be in the spotlight and took it. That's it. Yeah. That's all that's going on here. Yeah. But the media is blowing up bigger. Yeah, and you put your hands behind your back and were like, uh, arrest me like Charles Oakley? Really, dude? Calm down. Okay? Like, it's a fucking security guards. They're all, they're, cut them some slack. They're afraid of losing their jobs. Okay? They're not millionaires like you. They're actually, they actually have to work for a living and do real jobs. You wouldn't know anything about that. So, give them a break. I just, again, you you know, you see this and you just, the first thing I said was, here we go again with something stupid here. And the the fact is, if you really sit back and think about it, because I've seen a lot are like, oh man, how can you reject Spike Lee and not let him do, he doesn't own the, and and this is not me defending Dolan, by the way, because everybody already knows how I feel about him. I think that guy's the biggest idiot on the planet. No, no, However, I'm not defending him. That's Right. No, nobody's defending him. Yeah. We, we acknowledge that once again, a situation is just totally botched and and, and as you called it, he doled it. It, There's no argument here about that. However, though, looking at it from the spike side of it is you're throwing a tantrum because you couldn't enter the arena in the way that you wanted to. They told you to go into another entrance, the VIP entrance for celebrities and all that stuff. And you made a big deal about this and acted really like an ass clown. I mean, that's just the reality of it. And then to go on TV and say, I'm being victimized. I'm being, you know, you know, Dolan's harassing me. And I don't, I don't know why. What did they talk about last night at halftime when they were shaking hands? What, what was said then? Did you tell him that to his face? I mean, did you say, Hey, you're harassing me for no reason? No. Looked like it was. It looked like a situation where that was supposed to be handled right then and there. Whatever was going on, figured maybe that would be the end of it. No, all this was was Spike seeing an opportunity to go play victim and be in the spotlight and make more controversy to kind of uh, give him more attention. That's all it is. And Chip, as you said, if people sitting here, oh my God, he's the biggest Nick fan. Oh, maybe he can, he's the guy that's always at every game. I mean, it's Spike freaking Lee. He can do what he wants. Blah blah blah. As you just said. This was one of the biggest wins for the Knicks in a long time, and he turned it into himself. Yeah. He turned it into about himself, but just because he's seen an opportunity to be in the spotlight again. I'm sorry, you, you, that's all it was was a selfish thing of playing victim for no damn reason. Yes, again, things were mishandled, things were botched, whatever. But the fact that we got to sit here and even talk about this is just flat out ridiculous. And the media, you know, is going to have a freaking field day with this. Because it's just, again, more drama. You know, Kendrick Perkins was talking about it. They do this to everybody. Under this, Nothing. This this was totally Spike Lee just freaking creating a, a story here. Just to make uh, it Kendrick about himself. Perkins just to be in the spotlight. Asshole. Kendrick Perkins is a fucking moron. It, 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 you know, it, it, yeah, his comments today were just like, this. shut up. I mean, they, they're yeah. trying to make this into a bit. Anytime the Knicks, do, it, just, it's just. 
and I know I'm kind of saying this as a lot of people say they hate the neg- negativity that happens. There's times that we can't avoid it. When they're playing like crap, we're going to tell you they're playing like crap. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. This isn't the show that's going to tickle your ears and pretend like everything is great, great, and wonderful with this team. But they're playing well, like they were last night, played a hell of a basketball game. That's what we should be talking about, giving this team a lot of credit. But yet now we've got to spend time with this. Because it's just one of the, these blemishes, it, you know, just one of these things that always just came, seems to keep coming up. And it makes it, it to me, I think this was just Spike looking at it as an opportunity to be in the spotlight. It makes a bigger deal out of it than it had to be. Because, again, if you're going on and say, I waited for the statement. And this is not true, blah, blah, blah. What the hell were you and Dolan talking about at halftime? Shaking hands. Yeah, I bet you didn't say you were harassing me last night. It, it, it's just it's. He, Spike Lee is somebody that kind of gets on my nerves a lot and has for years, quite frankly. And people have this whole – it's kind of like Fireman Ed of the New York Jets. You know, I don't give a shit if you're there or not, okay? And with his comments, is, I'm not going back to the garden for the rest of the year. Who the hell cares? Don't show up. You, I, I, I just, it, the guy gets on my freaking nerves here. And you know what? I understand that if it's true, he's been going in that entrance for 27 years. You kind of go, what the heck? I, I get that. But to throw a big scene about it, as you pointed out, Chip, the whole, oh, arrest me like Oakley thing again, just acting like a complete idiot for no reason at all, other than the fact that he wants to be in the spotlight and, and be important. That's it. That's And that's really my take on it again. This was something that, you know, and I talked about it earlier when I tweeted, I put something about the circus because this is what surrounds the Knicks. It's just always stupidity. And, and, and Spike Lee's quite frankly contributed to it here. Again, not saying the Knicks didn't, and maybe not the Knicks, but, you know, Dolan himself didn't handle everything beautifully here. But for once, I'm not putting a whole lot of the blame on him. I think it's more about Spike Lee just wanting to make this about himself. That's it. That's all I got to say about it. Uh, Danny, what are your thoughts behind it? Yeah, I think um, one of the, like one of the things <clears throat> we were talking about earlier before the show is like, I think the probably the last press release, some of the word choices – for the Knicks to like use that or Dolan, whoever, it just it gives like the the haters and the Spike Lees of the world ammo to be like, see, look, like I'm justified. But I don't, I don't like I don't think the Knicks are in the, really in the wrong here. Like Spike Lee was doing something that he wasn't supposed to be doing when he was told he had to do a different way. He freaked out and figured, I'm Spike Lee, I can do whatever I wanted. And then you know he his first thing, like Chip said, I'm going to go on first take and just rip the Knicks. Cause he, I mean, he knew he was going to get a reaction from Dolan. That was his, that was his entire goal from the start was to get a reaction with that first take interview. And then, I mean, just the one thing I pick out is that, uh, what's his name? Spike Lee keeps saying, we never shook hands. Like I, that was a lie. It was all spin. And then the Knicks, they're like, yeah, they're, here's the here's, a fo- here's a photo yeah. of you two shaking hands. It's like, okay. Which is a telltale like, sign that he's just making up crap. It's I like, mean, yeah, it's it, like, I mean, hello. It's like, yeah, uh, Spike, you're lying about that. So what else are you lying about? Which, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't know exactly what transpired and everything like that. But, like, he he's like, that, that never happened. Well, my head was spinning because I was just so mad. So, so it's like if your head was spinning because <laughs> you were that. just so mad – then if, like, if, why why should we take the other stuff that you say to be indisputable fact? Because your head was spinning, right? So I don't know. It's just annoying. Right. I don't like this Spike Lee, and I, like I've seen a lot. Like maybe not a lot of people, but like 
decent amount of people being like, this is terrible for the Knicks. Like, this is he he represents all Knicks fans. Knicks fans don't give a shit about Spike Lee. I mean, come no. on. Like, Knicks fans, I think by and large, could not give two shits if Spike Lee never went to another game. I think in like exactly. Dece- in December, somebody would go, oh yeah, Spike Lee hasn't been here in a while, has he? But no one would realize. Like no one gives yeah, a shit. Exactly. No one gives a shit about Spike Lee. This like this isn't the '90s where he's getting you know m- motivating Reggie Miller to beat the Knicks. Like this is just you know some some guy who goes to the games, enjoys himself when he's at the games, roots for his team, and whatever. I don't think I don't think people are like Spike Lee is all Knicks fans right now because to be honest. Knicks fans don't have don't have the problem where they don't want to go in VIP entrance. They'd rather go in a different preferred entryway. Like Knicks fans don't have that that luxury to be able to pick and choose which entryway they want to go in and say, "Oh, I'd, I'd rather not go in the VIP entrance. That's below me," or whatever you know, whatever his reasoning is for for wanting to go in his specific area of entry. Um, Knicks fans, yeah, they don't they don't give a shit about him. Uh, whatever. I'm I'm o- I'm over the whole Spike Lee uh, Spike Lee nonsense to be honest yeah. with you. And, and, and well, that's, that's I, the just, thing, though. I'm just gonna Go throw ahead. throw one more point in there. They, I think there is some validity to the fact that this doesn't look good for free agents and guys around the league. I think it definitely like is not something you want other players to be seeing and kind of like you know I think Donovan Mitchell said something on Twitter like that's crazy yo or you know something like that. I get that that's not a good look. But like Spike Lee hasn't done any recruiting. Spike like Spike Lee hasn't yeah. been a reason why free agents are coming here. Like so, like people who gives a shit if Knicks treat him like crap. Like he's he's nothing. The Knicks, if you just win, that's that'll solve all your other problems. That's yeah. That's I like how Spike. I'm sorry, man. Go ahead. No, I just, I was trailing off there. I'm. I think I think now I'm good. <laughs> no, no. I was just gonna say I like how Spike was on. Uh, on first take, he said KD didn't come to the Knicks because of uh, Oakley. All right, well, when KD was a free agent, Mr. Knicks fan, who's a celebrity and everything, did you talk to KD and were you, like, picking his brain about this? And did you pitch him on the Knicks? Because you claim to be, like, the ambassador for the Knicks and you're the face of the Knicks. No, you didn't. You, you just want to be their friend. You don't, like, sell the Knicks. You're just a guy who sits in the front row. Like, I, I don't buy it. I, I, and Danny's 100% right. I don't give a shit if Spike Lee never comes to the Garden again. I couldn't care less. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter it, it, to me at all. Well, and that's what you see on ESPN. I'm watching the freaking Yankee game today, and I see on the bottom the whole time, Spike Lee says he's not coming back. Who the hell Oh, my is? God. Their headline on SportsCenter was Spike Lee <laughs> done with the Knicks. Okay. I'm devastated. Uh, Spike Lee's not coming back. You know what, guys? This is my last podcast because Spike Lee's done. I can't go on. <laughs> I just can't go on without Spike Lee being there. I'm burning I mean, my seriously. Allen Houston jersey because Spike Lee's done with the Knicks. <laughs> exactly. I, it's just idiotic. And, and the fact that I have seen some people say, well, this is Spike Lee, man. He's big. He's large, man. He's best Nick fan on this planet. Oh, my oh, gosh. gosh. He's lying. Look at what he said. He just went on there for an opportunity to try to feel important, to get headlines, because ESPN is dumb enough to continue to give this guy a spotlight and run 
what he said on first take as their lead all damn day long. That that's why he did it. And then he, I like Danny, you brought up the point. I didn't shake his hand. Uh, that, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. So what else are you lying about? That that's what I mean. Like, and again, this is not me totally defending Dolan here because Dolan's a freaking idiot as well. We, we we all know that. But this was just blown out of proportion for the ESPN media to go. Oh, we can run with this more Nick bashing. You know that that that's what it was. And, and now make it all this is going to affect. You got other players chiming in, like as we mentioned, Perkins. This is this is going to affect them as in free agency. All this crap. This was something that was totally just blown out of proportion, and it's not even worth. After this, I'm not even discussing it. I'm not discussing. Spike, you don't want to come? Don't come. I won't miss you. Like I made the point before, I with as a big Jet fan of mine, when Fireman Ed said he wasn't going to do it no more, I don't care. And when he said he was coming back, I don't care. I don't need you to stay. You know, like it doesn't has no impact on me whatsoever that you don't want to come no more. Don't come. And then it might be a better thing you don't come. Because then we can avoid stupidity like this. And if you do decide to come back, make sure you use the right entrance this time. Just saying. All right. Now that we got that out of the way here, um, that, that, that is, it's got my blood boiling a little bit today. Just the, the, the pure stupidity behind this. Because, again, this should have been uh, an episode where we were talking about the biggest win the Knicks had in quite some time, the way they play. I mean, I know everybody was excited last year when uh, the Knicks beat the Lakers and Hazonia got the block on LeBron and gave everybody a chuckle. But but this was like a, a well-played game uh, where you can see the guys were moving the ball well. Yeah, they had a 21-point lead and, and Houston came back. Houston's a damn good team, guys. I mean, they're, they're, they're doing things out in the West, you know. Are, are they a championship team? That That's all debated. You could say what you want about that, but the reality is they are one of the top teams in the Western Conference, and the Knicks outplayed. And, you know, Harden didn't have a big night. He didn't go off. How many times do we see stars come into Madison Square Garden and just light us up? Didn't happen. Every in fact, time our young Harden comes outplayed. in pretty much. Yeah. Exactly. And what was he, 0 for 8 at one point from behind the arc? I think he hit the three-pointer at the end of the third quarter. For his first, but I mean, R.J. Barrett was incredible, and the fact that we can't really even get into this at first and really run with it the entire time is just—it's it, mind-boggling that, that something this stupid turned into major headlines like that. And that's the second part of uh, the program today is we kind of want to talk a little bit about the play of uh, R.J. Barrett as of late. You know, ever really since had the you know a pretty solid performance in the in the world US game at the All-Star break and then coming back from the All-Star it's been a few games i understand that but the guy has played a lot better has looked a lot more confident out there and uh has been playing a little bit point guard and actually because remember guys they started him as point guard at the beginning of the season and it was kind of like uh i don't know if he's really a point guard a guy that should have a ball in his hands and then that's when they started doing this thing with Randall where he brought the ball up the court and spun into a trap and turned over the basketball you know but they kind of given it back to R.J. Barrett, and he's done a pretty damn good job in that role and has looked well doing it. And, you know, if I could start with this this topic right here, I've been thrilled to see R.J. Barrett play the way that he has because I don't have to listen to people try to tell me he's a bust. You know, it's one of those things where every rookie typically is going to hit a wall at some point. You know, there are a few exceptions. There's guys that just can come in and just take over right away and everything is great, grand, and wonderful. That doesn't happen all the time. And a lot of this young development, a lot of these young players, they're all going to have rough patches. You know, I know Kevin Knox is struggling in Italy right now, but, you know, his rookie year, 
he started off okay, pretty solid, hit that wall. Everybody, again, was all pissed off at Kevin Knox. And then he bounced back and won Rookie of the Month. I think it was in December of last year. You know, you're going to have some times where you're struggling a little bit. Part of it could have been that he wasn't 100%. I know Mike Miller was talking about that, Danny. You probably have a little mm-hmm. bit more on that, you know, being uh, you know, around Coach Miller a lot more than us. But, you know, he talked about RJ looking a little bit more more healthy. Uh, looks be 100% from that injury that he was having. And, you know, again, anybody that actually paid attention last year to Duke or, you know, RJ Barrett playing, you, you knew the guy had some things to do some work to put in like so many other young players. He wasn't a finished product. This wasn't a guy that was going to come in and uh, just everything was going to be great, grand, and wonderful. We we knew for a while now the guy was going to have to work on his jump shot. Uh, he, he had so much areas in his game that he has to work on. You got to give it a little bit of time. It's not magic. It's not going to happen overnight. Some nights you're going to look better than others. And it's just it, that's something that's always bothered me as well is, you know, people start with the R.J. Barrett thing. And I understand he's the third pick of the draft. And it doesn't help when Zion's only played for three weeks and Zion's putting up the numbers that he is very easily, you know, shooting like 60-something percent from the field and just manhandling people inside. Uh, you know, and then John Moran has been great all season long. So I understand when you have those guys coming in and producing it, you expect that to be the same thing from R.J. Or RG, RJ. Um, and it's just times he's going to have some struggles. He's not a finished product. I'm happy to see him playing well. I think he's looked comfortable, you know, 27 points, uh, last night in the big win. It's really kind of outshine James Harden. I think it's great because I don't see any more of those. Uh, he's a bust for the moment. Now, as soon as he has a bad game, which will, will happen again, he's going to have another a game. That's awful. That's what happens with young players. We'll we'll see that again. We'll see that he's a bust, and I told you, and I don't know why people got excited because he had a little bit of a stretch where he's playing well. That's absolutely going to happen. But very happy to see the way that RJ, RJ has um, has uh, responded. And, uh, you know, right before the All-Star break was playing pretty bad. I understand was hurt and a little banged up. But since the All-Star break, it came back, and it's put up pretty good numbers. You know, I know he had that the game, first game back from the All-Star break, he was strong, and then he had a – pretty bad shooting night the next night but the last couple of games have been pretty good as well so I've been pleased with what I've seen from R.J. Barrett and and Danny uh, wanted to get your thoughts behind that I mentioned that a little bit as well as coach Miller has talked about mm-hmm. the way that Barrett has played and has looked more healthier uh, you know what, what are you what are your thoughts behind the resurgence that we have seen the last couple of games or so from from R.J. I think that's definitely part of it I mean I think just being a little healthier because you know, Barrett, he's never, he said he never really suffered any, you know, any injury that made him miss time really in his, in his life playing basketball. So that was kind of something new for him. Um, so, but yeah, I definitely think, you know, the time off the all-star break that probably gave him a little, you know, rejuvenated him a little bit, um, you know, allowed him to be a little bit healthier. And now you're just seeing, you know, guy who's just much more comfortable out on the court. I know he's he's been pretty he's comfortable like with the media and everything like he's very mature for a 19 year old he he seems to handle things well you know the ups and the downs but now we're seeing him kind of you know take that like maturity and like transfer it onto the court because you see like last night you know he had they the last play when he had that that drive on PJ Tucker they had Mitch come up Mitch I saw he was trying to slip the screen 
So then Barrett said he saw basically it was just him one on one with PJ Tucker, and he's just like, All right, I knew how to get a basket. And he didn't, you know, people were asking him questions about that. He, you know, trying to get into his mindset, and he wasn't, you know, he basically was just like, I don't, I just drove to the basket, like, you know, like he just was looking for, uh, looking for a little contact and made the shot. So I think he's just kind of he's he's feeling a lot more comfortable out there. And not to pivot too far away, but I think um, I think he and Frank are playing well together lately. Uh, I thought that was a, that's a good tandem mm-hmm. down the stretch. And I'm I I wasn't getting too crazy about Mitchell Robinson needing to start this year. I haven't been too crazy about oh Frank needs to start whatever. But as long as those three guys are closing games like that, because you have Mitch's you have Mitch's length and his his ability to protect the rim, then you have Frank who you can just kind of basically sick him on whoever their best perimeter player is. Like last night you saw uh, when he was covering Westbrook in those final seconds, he got called for the foul, which wasn't a foul. It was, looked like a pretty clean strip. But Miller said he, with only the one timeout, he didn't want to, he didn't want to like use the challenge, not get it, and then not have a timeout when Russ is shooting free throws. So I thought that explanation made sense, but I still think the, the strip was pretty clean. But then you see, you know, they come down, they're up two on the next possession, and Frank, you know, doesn't let Russ get by him and get in the lane because you know that's all Russ wanted to do was get ahead of steam, get to the bucket, and tie it up with a nice easy layup or dunk or something. Frank made him pull up for that little foul line jumper, just uses his length, distru- disrupts him enough to make Russ miss the shot. And, I mean, I feel bad for whoever the Rockets are playing next because – Russ, uh, Russ is definitely gonna drop like forty five because he's he missed that shot. I think he said he said something after the game about like you know this one's on me, like nobody else, like this one's on me. Um, so you know he's coming out with some fire. But yeah, I mean it just seeing, obviously like obviously Barrett and Frank, nine times out of ten, Westbrook and Harden will have their way with those two, but you like to see that they kind of go toe to toe with two of the best guys in the league, two former MVPs. I mean, the confidence is there and those two, it, I, I enjoy watching them play together because they're, they're very close, you know, off the court, they're good buddies. Um, and, you know, you can kind of see that, that relationship growing there and they're, they're developing a lot of chemistry on the court. And I don't know if Frank is the answer at starting point guard of the future or anything like that. Uh, but I think there's definitely a role for him on this team long term, And I think, uh, I think his friendship with Barrett helps his chances of sticking around. You know, and Chip, that's where I kind of wanted to get with you a little bit, a little bit about, you know, Frank and RJ, uh, you know, they seem to have a pretty good connection here, but also, you know, RJ has been playing pretty good at the point position as well. Do you think that's something that um, number one for Barrett, could you see him playing more point guard here? Now I know they're trying to experiment and do different things. I know we talked about this early on in the year, and we both kind of felt, uh, all three of us kind of really felt that it, it was a little weird fit to see him have a ball in his hands so much, a player that seems more comfortable off the ball here. So number one with that, what are your thoughts behind Barrett playing a little bit more point guard again and seeing he's having a little success the second time through? Is that just something being more comfortable uh, as the season has kind of gone along here? And then also your thoughts behind a little bit of the connection that we have seen with with Barrett and uh, Frank DeLacchino. Well, I think that's what Danny just said. I think that's probably them just being friends off the court. They've probably bonded on the court because of that. 
But, uh, I, yeah, I'd like to see him play on the ball more, play some point, uh, run the offense through him. I think everybody would rather see the offense run through him than through Julius Randle. Uh, and yep. just because he's running the offense doesn't mean Frank can't play off the ball with him. Um, and what I, hey, whatever it takes to not have Alfred Payton on the court. So, uh, I mean, that was one of the highlights. One of the, one of the low-key highlights was uh, Frank played the entire fourth quarter and there was no Alfred Payton for 12 minutes. The entire the entire time that was going on, I was very nervous that Frank was going to get subbed out for Alfred Payton. I really was. I was really. I was concerned. keeping an eye on that in that fourth quarter too. Yeah. I I know this is going to be really random, but I got to give Frank some love here, and I don't remember exactly what point of the game it was. I know it was in the second half. Um, but I even tweeted about it right after he, he drove to the basket. You know, stopped on a dime. Whoever was covering at the moment tried to do a flop. It wasn't called, but he pulled up at the elbow and nailed the shot. I need more of that. Give me more of that. You do that, then then I won't have to say anything bad, but I I praise him when he does things like that because I believe he could do it. He just got to do it a little bit more consistent. But that kind of was very impressive. I I love that. I love that, you know, aggressive driving to the basket, hitting that 15-foot shot, you know, stopping on a dime, be able to – for a guard to be able to hit that shot, and to be able to stop on a dime like that, it's so hard to defend. When you're going full speed and you have that ability to just stop and pop, my God, if he can do that. I mean, that, that's all I'm asking for. Again, I don't need a guy that scores 20-something points a game. Just, just take that shot and hit that shot a little bit more is all I'm asking for. And I was very, very happy and, and impressed with that move and, uh, you know, the minutes that he gave uh, last night as well. Um, maybe I should – I missed the first, like, six or seven minutes of the game and um i forgot just i just forgot what time it was but i'm telling you guys every time that i don't put the game on on time they they seem to win or if i miss it you know i'm I'm, it's it's weird i whenever when they play tomorrow night uh i'm not watching for the first like eight minutes of the game (laughs) we'll see if i can keep that streak alive here because i think i might be bad luck you know and then I, i seen danny i seen you tweeted out Trying not to be the jinx about RJ uh, that uh, he had uh, what twenty three points at the minute mark. And, he had twenty three. Uh, yeah, one in the slowdown. He finished off with twenty seven. Yeah, I'm the worst. So that was pretty funny. <laughs> I, I think, I think I'm technically. Still I, jinx. I think I got that myself. I think I got it myself. I'm telling you, I was like, I forgot. I just looked at the clock. I was like, oh crap, man, I got to put the game on. And they were playing well, and I even considered cutting it off. Um, and I, I was trying to do a million things last night, getting ready for uh, a quiz I actually had today. Um, so I was kind of in and out of things like that. But that fourth quarter, I put everything away and kind of really focused on the game there. But I'm, I'm convinced that if, as long as I don't watch for 48 minutes, they win. <laughs> I mean, it might be, you know, screw Spike Lee. I can be this guy to, that can help the Knicks win by just not watching. <laughs> My bad luck rubs off on them. All right, we don't need Spike. We just need me not to watch. I'm telling you, their record this year has been so incredible when I haven't watched the game. I just laugh every time it happens because it's it's true. Like they think I maybe I missed a game or two that they've lost this year, but if I missed it, and I always watch them, I always go back and watch them the next day, and I'm that guy that will hide from the score or something like that, so I don't watch it live. Um, but they always seem to win those freaking games. It blows my freaking mind. As soon as I put on a game for 48 minutes, I'm going to be tuned in the whole time. It's one of those like awful 
pathetic performances that we come on here and we're all gloomy about. See if they can keep that alive. But tomorrow, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to not watch the first like seven or eight minutes just to see what happens. If they're playing well, you know well, we, it's because I'm not well, watching. We should we should do is we should just let you know when uh, when Mitch che- checks in because he'll be the first one. So when Mitch checks in with like <laughs> with like six seven minutes left in the first quarter, we'll we'll give you a heads up so you can turn the game on. Nothing against Taj Gibson. I I think Taj has been great lately. Just, uh, yeah. But I'm just using that as a uh, uh, like a, a a a point we or a land landmark or whatever we can uh, we can tell you you're, it's safe. We got Utah tomorrow, seven thirty start. That means I'm not tuning in until around eight. If they win, it's staying a tradition. I just <laughs> I'm just saying. It's a, and then when I go to a game, I'm showing late because I still haven't been to a game that they freaking won. I'm like zero oh and seven. It's insane. It's crazy. Um, but, yeah, I just found that a little funny because, once again, I, I, I missed that. And that's part of the reason why I missed all that stuff with Spike. Like, I had no idea what was going on until I seen somebody on Facebook kind of talking about it. Like I said earlier, I was like, this has got to be fake in all that. So, uh, unfortunately, that wasn't. But I, I'm pretty much at peace with what everything we had here. Do you guys any have any closing thoughts? Mm, only closing thought is I wish we talked more about uh... – about the Houston game than Spike, but what are you gonna do? That's that's what that's what we get for being a Knicks podcast. It, it robbed the headlines. Yeah. Yep. Robbed the headlines. Just that's a real shame that we had to do that. Like I said, you know, I I, I was a little heated early on because you know it, it should not have been about something that stupid. But so much people are focusing on that, ignoring the fact that this team played very well last night, and. You know, you guys, I, as I was coming back in, I was getting headphones. I heard you guys talking a little bit about it. Mike Miller always has to seem to answer the stupidest crap Like with, with this. like <laughs> The guy is like, already, we, we talked about it. He's in the worst position already having to take over this team, already in a tough situation. He had Stout making those comments several weeks ago on first take. Now you got freaking Spike Lee and this drama. And, and here it is again. He's got to answer questions over the stupid crap. It just. Yeah, Mike, Mike Miller said to. Fun. He's had to answer questions about Fisdale getting fired, uh, Steve Mills getting reassigned, Steve Stout saying he was out, <laughs> then Leon Rose getting hired but not technically getting hired, then answering those questions for like the next three weeks, and then he had to answer questions about Leon Rose getting hired, and then almost immediately after that, he had to answer questions about Spike Lee like and what happened and you know, what his, like, response is or whatever, which, you know, I mean, listen, reporters got to ask these questions, um, you know, for sure. Right. I, I don't think that it's it's on, you know, any anyone's at fault or, you know, doing anything wrong. But it's just it's just unfortunate that Mike Miller is just being put in the, in the middle of this, uh, all these crazy situations. Yeah, it's something that should not have happened that i mean this was a, a complete nonsense and you know hopefully we can put it behind us and moves away quickly uh and, and hopefully the team just continues to play well at this point you know they it just last night to me and i was thinking about this throughout the game itself is why can't they come out and play with this kind of effort night in and night out like it's there you know it, it's just where is it there's, i mean there's so many times you know what, what was the right before the all-star break against washington how flat they looked, and it was just one of the most painful games to sit back and watch. And then you watch this last night, and you go, what, 
where the hell is this team? Just come out and play like this. That's all we asked for. They, 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 I mean, just you, they, they played the ball movement. They did so many unselfish things last night. It was really well. That was a real team win last night. Even when the Rockets kind of pushed their way back and you know closed the gap on it. Usually, I'm sitting here watching these games, and I say to myself, "Here we go again." Like, it, but I didn't feel that way. Even when they got it back down to just a couple of points. You know, got to like four points or whatever it was. I still felt like the, they were executing pretty well. It was just a team that could shoot the daylight to the basketball. Started getting a little hot at the end, right there. You know, and just I just want this that kind of effort night in and night out. Just repeat it. You know, there, there's no you have it in you. You know, as long as these young guys like you know Barrett continue to play well, um, that's you know all we can really ask for for the remaining what month and a half that we have in this season. The last few games or so right here. That's all we want to kind of see. And hopefully we can push stupidity like we've had with Spike Lee just out of the way because it's just not necessary at this point. should be celebrating the fact that this team played well last night against a really good team. There was a lot of encouraging things. And yet we have to, you know, spend the first 15, 16 minutes of this talking about stupidity. Kind of, kind of brought a little bit of a frustration for me. Like I said, coming into today was like, God, I mean, we don't have a choice but to talk about this, but we shouldn't even have to. I mean, people should just brush it off as no big deal. And just shame on ESPN, by the way, that just continues to be this stupid crap. I guess it will bring in ratings and whatever. But it's just – it's it's trash. It really is. It's just trash. Uh, I haven't watched First Take probably in about, man, seven years, six or seven years. It's just – can't do it anymore. Just stuff like that. Just idiotic. But that's all the time we have here. We'll be back next week for another episode of the Nick State of Mind podcast.